Okay, perfect. Shalom Aleichem. Welcome everybody to Tuesdays with Torah. And it's uh, hot in here, so Baruch Hashem, we all uh, came to join us. Thank you very much. Everybody out there tuned in. Appreciate it. Uh, actually, I had this. I have it. I had the Shabbos that I was. I had my my daughter's offer. Not actually. She actually didn't have an offer. Her cousin had an offer. She actually wasn't there. But that Shabbos, I had a um, woman come over to me, and she told me, "Thank you very much. I listened to the shir very much." And she says, it, you kept me alive and up while my husband was in prison. And um, Baruch Hashem, I didn't know what to say, but I said, Baruch Hashem, I'm, you know, whatever, I'm there. I was, I was there, but uh, Baruch Hashem, he did come out. And um, I, I really, I really am I'm happy that I'm able to have some sort of um, part of, 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 you know, Helping or, or being there for anybody, I, I feel like I am there for anybody that wants to be there. So, it, it was a very, actually, very good feeling. And uh, Hashem should give us all, because I can't do it without you guys, the energy and the koyach to continue to do that. Give chizik, and it's uh, it's all about chizik. It's all about uh, getting, you know, getting over the difficulties that we have, so we could do avodas Hashem. That's all. We have to. We have to get there. We have to. If we're not happy. We got to make ourselves happy. It's not. It's not about beating ourselves up. That was. That was a different generation. Okay. So talking about beating ourselves up, um, the Pelias is up to none about the greatness of Hashem, and sort of it is a little bit like beating ourselves up because he says we can't understand the greatness of Hashem. Hashem is 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 beyond. It's like telling a kid. He uses this example. Uh, telling a kid, how, how much could you count? So the kid says, I'm a big kid already. I, I can count to 100. Could you prove it? Yeah, and the kid does it. And the kid the guy says, wow, that's a big number. You know any bigger numbers? Yeah, I know. I think, I think there's a 1,000. You know what an infinity is? And they try to explain to the kid. Forget the kid, us. Try to explain us infinity. Can anyone explain it? Like, okay, so when does it end? This is an example. You, we can't understand infinity, right? We understand that we can't understand infinity. There is a, a, a concept, a number of infinity. But, but uh, it exists. So we understand that. We have to understand that, you know, what we think, yeah, Hashem doesn't want to do this for us. But when it comes to like, you know, why Hashem is doing that, He's punishing me. That we understand already, yeah. Hashem doesn't like me. No, I, you understand Hashem, right? You understand, and you don't understand infinity, which is much lower, but you understand that when Hashem didn't listen to you, He doesn't like you, and He's punishing you. Um, you're, uh, you're not a good person. You don't deserve it. And uh, you know, no, there, there's many other things that we have to... Hashem has so big, and so... And it, it doesn't mean that He's not good, He doesn't love us, He doesn't care about us immensely, just because we, we, it, it, we don't understand it. We have to understand not to understand. That's, that, that, that was the insight. That's a hard thing, by the way, for us, especially, I think, I think it's hard for the men to, to get it, because we think, we, we know everything, you know, come on. Talk to me, I know anything about, uh, you have a problem with a car, with a, talk to me about it, I'll tell you which one to get, and how to go, you know. Um, it's the, the, the guys that with all the hookups. So we have to understand, hey, it's beyond us. I, I don't understand, but I, I trust. So it's so apropos that it's talking about this, right when, two weeks, three weeks, how many weeks before Rosh Hashanah? What is Rosh Hashanah? Rosh Hashanah is all about 
<laughs> partying, Rosh Hashanah, of course. What is Rosh Hashanah? It's New Year's, right? It's all about, you know, counting down the seconds, having, a, 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 you know, drinking, you know, getting totally smashed. That's, that's what, right? That's New Year's, right? That's what we do. Getting totally smashed, and, and, and at midnight, I'm not going to say what we do. Uh, <laughs> that's Rosh Hashanah, right? <laughs> Imagine. Imagine in Shul, up in the new one. <laughs> you said that. <laughs> anyway, um... <laughs> So, so, uh, so, yeah, but, but the truth is Rosh Hashanah is all about Mamluchas. Ma- really, if we come in and we, we come into Rosh Hashanah and say, wow, there's a great, awesome, amazing king that loves us, cares for us, and we, do, we, don't, we don't understand, but we're, we're happy to be part of it, then you did Rosh Hashanah. That's good. That's, that's amazing. That, right? That's what you... I don't tell you. I know. Right, so that's Hashanah. It's interesting that he's saying it right now. We're up to it. Anyway, he says that one of the ways that we can attach a little bit is, is by attaching to our G'daylim. Our G'daylim, our leaders, are little... Hashem gives them certain powers, certain siyat d'shmaya, and so they have a little... We all have godliness in them, but more so our leaders that have a certain... Um, connect more of a piece of Hashem in them. And he says, just interesting, he says that... You know, leadership is very hard because um, it takes a toll on them, and and that's why Yosef died the youngest of all the Shvatim. He was a leader. It's very, very trying. It's very hard to be like a piece of God. Like you know, it's very hard. And but yet Hashem is is eternal. But the, the leaders, when they have that, it's it's they 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 should get some respect. So now's the time to intensify about it. That um, it, that you know, this is this is going into it. So. How do we do it? So the Siva Shalom once came into shul, and he says, guys, you're not going to believe this. I didn't say guys, okay? But he said, tell me them. You're not going to believe this. I had a terrible dream last night. I said, yeah, really? What? You, know, you want to... That was a shoifer? That was... You want to you do tshuva? What, what happened? You want to... Let's, let's give stucca. What, what happened? He said, no, 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 no. He says, I dreamt that. I dreamt. He says, I don't know. I dreamt that I was just like chilling. And I, this is the Siva Shalom, who's a big Shiva, he had a Shiva, you know, he had a Chassidus. He, he says, I, uh, I dreamt that I was just relaxing, and then all of a sudden came El, and I just wasn't, I, I knew it was here, and I just didn't do anything. And I was like a, I was like a wall. And then came, then came Rosh Hashanah, and, and I was like, like a lump in the ground. And then came, I, and then came a pass, and then came a Sarasimei Tshuva, and, and I was like a rock. And then came uh, Rosh Hashanah, a Yom Kippur, and I, and, and I was like an animal outside. I, I was just grazing. And, and I, I woke up in a cold sweat. I, I, was, I can't believe I did this to myself. I had an opportunity and I, and I blew it all. I just, he says, that I woke up in Baruch Hashem. Tonight is Erev, Erev Hashchidosh El. So, I said, oh, Baruch Hashem, Hashem made me have that dream to realize I don't want to waste the time. Now's the time. So he said, Rabbi said, this was like a week into uh, L. It's, it's only a week into L. We waste that time. Let's, let's take the opportunity to, um, to grab some of the time of Anil Daidi Daidili that we can do something a little like, like think about the greatness of Hashem. Think about um, accepting uh, Hashem's difficulties and hardships that he puts on us and, 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 and understand it's all for the best and have a little more betachin that at the end it's all going to come out right. We're going to find our right, our right one. We're going to get that job. We're going to get out of the mess that we're in. You know, the difficulty that we're going through. 
Uh, we're going to heal from our, our, our wounds. We're not going to always have to have what we're having now. Whether it's, it's, it's physical or mental, whatever it is, we're, we're going we're gonna to get there. And if we have that and we work on that, L is the time to work on it. He says, and years later, by the way, it's a very interesting story. Same as Siva Shom, same Rosh Shiva. What happened was he went to the doctor and the doctor told him that he needs operation very badly. So he said, okay, I'm going to have, it was, I guess it was summertime. And he says, I'm going to wait till after Rosh after Hashanah Kippur. I need the high holiday. After that, I'm going to have it. He says, no, no, no. The doctor says, you can't wait. It's very, very urgent. It's, it's dangerous. You're not going to, I don't know if you're not going to make it to that, but it's very urgent. You have it now. You can't wait. He says, no, I'm sorry. I'm not, now, is, now is not the time. I'm, I'm starting L, and, and I, no, I need the time. It's, it's going to wait. He says, okay, I'll tell you what the doctor says. I'll make a deal. But let's schedule the hospital right the day Isruchag, the day after Yom Kippur, that's the first day I'll allow me to do it? No problem. I'm scheduling it now. He scheduled the operation, he had the OR room all, all prepped and ready, you know, you have to schedule it, you can't just come in and... So he, um, he comes after Shani Yom Kippur, the Isruchag of, uh, of Yom Kippur, he comes in for the operation, they scan him, they gave him the scans, um, just to check where, you know, whatever the operation they had to do. The doctor comes out, he goes shocked, he goes, I, I, I don't believe this. He says, it's, it's gone, what we needed to remove, whatever it was, it's gone, it's not there. He says, you know what, you're so lucky that the time was good to you. He says, yeah, you're, you're sure that's what you are. Of course the time was good for me, because I made the time good for me. I used it to good health, of course the time was good for me, but you don't know, it's not just because I, 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 I waited and then it just healed by itself, but yeah, you, yeah you're right, whatever, he couldn't explain it. But it was amazing, this is exactly, he wasn't even planning on it, but that's what happened. That's because he utilized the time, you're more, when you're much closer to Hashem during these times, we could dive in for so, so much more things, and, uh, and, and, and ace it. Now, there's a way to do it, by the way, that we don't have to really, you know, start learning, you know, five hours a day. We should. You know, even if we're working, we can put in a few hours in the morning, and we don't have, this, this, that's a very hard way, right? And having Kavana from davening from beginning to end, the trick is, here's the trick is, is, is from this week's parish, the Kedusha's Levi brings it. He says, that and he says one of the things how you do it is he says if you the Torah is telling us if you shafet somebody um, if, if you judge somebody favorably always and make a habit of it you're going to come into Hashem Kim Hashem's going to say he's good he's, what, he's good he, he, he Judges my kids favorably. Why shouldn't I judge him favorably? And he says, "Zabadik manusa, you don't, that this is this works." And the truth is, is that um, I heard this story. It's a very cute story, a famous story. I heard it before, but it it it, uh, it shows what, what what it means to judge favorably by anybody. So this mother, um, this woman, comes into the, into the room, and she sees her little girl there is holding two apples, and she said, "Oh, sweetheart." She says, you have two apples, can mommy have one? So the girl looks at the two apples, she looks at one or the other, I guess she's deciding which one, green, red, whatever it was I should give to my mom. And she takes one apple and she bites it. And she's chewing it, and then the mother's waiting, you know. And then she looks, and to her horror, she takes the other apple and she bites it. 
She's holding both apples, chewing it. And the mother was in shock. She was so hurt. This is my, I give everything for her. My life is for her. She doesn't want to give me a, a silly apple. She has to bite both apples. Like, what's the deal? Come on, I know kids want stuff. But, and her, but her, her smile froze on her face. She, she didn't know what to say. And luckily, she didn't say anything. Because a second later, the kid handed the mom an apple, one of the apples, and she says to her mother, Mom, take this one, this one's sweeter. And the truth is, is that if we start to do this, I, and I, I had this, I had this little, little, um, uh, little exercise in my house, in my family, and it is an amazing exercise. Most of the time, it's a fact. Most of the time, you judge somebody. Somebody acts like an idiot or, or difficult. That's not nice. Somebody acts difficult, challenging, or, or uh, there's a very good reason for it. And it takes us to be a little bit creative to come up with a reason that, that really happens, that really can make sense, and then we won't be upset at the person, right? So we have this little exercise in our house. We, we learned about this, uh, you know, it was actually a few weeks ago. And exercises, everybody has to come up. If somebody does something that's not right, you have to come up with an excuse or a reason that's plausible. Not, not even plausible, a reason that makes sense that the person did this, right? Uh, you know, if a person jumps up and whatever and, and, and breaks somebody's toy, they, there was a flight, there was a bee coming right behind them. And whatever, whatever, whatever it is. But the crazier it is, the funniest thing is that we started doing this and a lot of the things that we made up were actually the right reason. So the point is, is that, I'm going to tell you, once um, one of the members of the family, their best friend didn't come to Simcha, and gave us some stupid excuse, and the person was hurt. I said, no, let's, let's think of a reason why they couldn't come. And we thought of a reason. And, and actually, that was true. And, and, and the, it came out that that's exactly the reason. Right, that, that, and then one time somebody did something to somebody else, and we thought of a crazy reason, and we told them, oh, like, like just as an excuse, oh, you must have had, uh, you know, um, somebody get really angry at you that you had to say say that. <laughs> and the girl it was a girl, and she goes, who? I didn't. How do you know? It's exactly we made up a reason, and it's exactly the reason somebody whatever, and that because of that, she said, so. Most of the times you do it, it's going to actually happen, and it's, it's an amazing uh, lesson because really people are not bad people. You're going to start, we started to learn from this lesson that, hey, people are not bad. They're 90%. So if they do something insensitive, not nice, there's another reason for it. And, and it's, it's an eye-opening experiment to see that really people are really good people. Come up with it. You might not know the reason. It's private. But there is a, a very good plausible reason. And the, uh, actually, the, um, the, uh, the Tzlach says that if you judge others favorably, you don't need any fasts or inflictions or any surim. If you're mevater and midaisav, Hashem is meichel yuvah. He says it's, it's guaranteed. So this is a, a, an amazing tool to learn um, now to learn a little bit, to practice a little bit. It's not, it takes time. It's, it's not, it doesn't come so easy. But a, a little exercise, it comes. And there was a story about the, um, a uh, Rosh Hashiva. A, uh, he was from Yemen. And he came 
and then he was in Eretz Yisrael, but he grew up in Yemen. He was Yemenite, Yemenite Rosh Shiva. He grew up in Yemen, and he was coming to America to collect funds for his yeshiva. And he, and he comes to this uh, wealthy Ben Taira, and he comes with uh, his books, and he shows a picture of the guy's learning, and, and Stark Yeshiva. And the guy says, um, okay, so do we have a wait here, and I'm, I'm going to come, I'll bring you a check. Meanwhile, he puts him wherever in, in, in the conference room in his business, and there were Gemaras there, and he comes back, and Talsiya, and he peeks outside before he was looking, he sees the Rosh Hashiva had the Gemara, like, upside down. And, like, he was so upset. He says, that, that shyster, he doesn't, he's such a faker, he's coming to me, he... He's coming to me to, to, to collect money, make, make believe like he has a yeshiva, and he's a big Rosh Yeshiva, when he doesn't even know how to hold a Gemara. That shyster, and, and so he comes in, he says, I'm sorry, no checks today. No, I'm not giving out checks. So the guy says, what ha- you said, you, what happened? Yeah, he says, no, I, I can't give out. He says, no, really, this guy, something happened. So finally he says, uh, you, you don't know the reason? He says, no, I don't. He says, come on, you really know how to learn? Or you don't even know how to hold the Gemara? So he says, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm glad you told me. He says, I grew up in a place called, uh, in Yemen, it was a place called Sarna. You ever heard of the place? Sarna is in Yemen, and we grew up in Yemen, and we were very, very poor. And we had one Gemara for the Rebbe. And I sat, everybody had, and we had the same, either Rebbe throughout the years, and we had, they had one Gemara, and the way we learned one, one Chumash is we sat at certain places. I was on the one that's sitting right across from him, and other people sat on, on the side, but we had 18 people sitting around one Gemara. And this is how we learned how to read. I, it was only one, you can't, you can't put 18 people next to them. Right? It was that, we were limited, it was so poor. So we, we learned how to read, and that's how I learned how to read it. And, says, and I'll prove it to you. I want you to get me two Gemaras, same Gemara, I don't know, Baba Vassar. Yeah, okay, you have another one, give me another one. I'm going to sit down. You sit down also. Sit down right here, he told the, told the rich guy. I'm, I'm going to read it, okay? Let's start the fourth parak. Pick a parak, whatever. I'm going to start reading, and you start reading. Let's see who, let's see who could read faster. And he's zooming, zooming the thing, he's reading and reading upside down. And the guy says, you're right, I'm sorry, I didn't realize it. You know, and he gave him a check, triple amount. But sometimes, the problem with this is sometimes we don't speak it out. And we don't know the real reason. Or we might speak it out, but the person is not, doesn't want to say the real reason. And, and we're left with, with uh, because we can't be creative ourselves, we're left with these feelings of... Uh, you know, of, of, of upsetness and, 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 and anger and, and unfairness and all these feelings that we have because why? Because we didn't, we didn't judge. We didn't judge favorably. So it goes one step further. We have to also um, understand that, that even if the person was wrong, we have to be mavater. And there's a story of a young chassan in Nerzi Yisrael also many years ago. And they were so poor there. This is shortly after the war. And they had nothing, nothing. The community put together a chas, and they did that. It was really, they had nothing, they had some bread and, 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 and uh, maybe some vegetables they put together to have, have a meal. They had nothing there. Um, you know, they borrowed, they had the same gown that goes around, went around Yushalayim. Every single cow wore the same gown. They, they sewed it up over here, sewed it up over there. 
And so this Chassan and Kala got married like that, and they were very happy. And you know, in the Yichud room, there's the custom that the Chassan gives the Kala a gift. So, yeah, I did forget mine, but I remember later on. But, um, <laughs> no, true story, true, true. Uh, but um, what happened was, um, that's the, that's a, the, used to be, in my, my times it was pearls. Uh, now they don't do that anymore. Pearls, what's pearls? Yeah, that's dated. Um, but they give a gift, earrings, whatever, necklace, uh, something like that, right? So, but that was, there was a minig like that. It was always, it's like, minig Yisrael Dinhu. Anyway, the chassan comes over to the kala in the Yichir room. They broke their fast. And he said to his kala, kala, I would love to give you a gift. But you know, I'm happy to be married and, and I don't have anything. I don't own anything. So I have a gift for you. And I think this gift is better than I could give you. My gift to you, my dear Kala, is, is that throughout our marriage, whenever we, we have a disagreement, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to give in to you. That's my gift for you. And she was like, wow, taking it back. And she was, you know, I, I, I didn't, all, our, all through our engagements, you know, uh, the Kala does you give, ta- Kala <laughs> a watch, there's a watch, a becher, a kittle, you don't have, you borrowed everything you wore. And um, I, I didn't give you anything. I felt terrible also. I'm going to give you back this gift. That whenever there's an there's arm, I'm going to give it to you. And that couple, they did exactly that throughout. I mean, it wasn't just talk. It wasn't just, uh, you know, <laughs> honeymooning talk. It was real. And that couple was none other than Rabbi Ari Levine and his wife. The legend of Yerushalayim. That this is what their gift was, and that's that's how he he lived his life, and and it wasn't only with her, it was, it was everybody else, and that's really what um, what really helps us come into El and come to Rosh Hashanah with with the, with all with the big big amazing zchuyos, and of being right of Sham, being somebody who can go out and 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 be mavater, make sure that there's peace, make sure that. Um, we can have a time and a place. Uh, we spoke about Shabbos that, we, you know, it's a good t- thing to do. Is like you make up, whether it's you, your friends or or your family or your spouses, that a certain time we're gonna, we're not going to have no matter what Thursday nights or Friday nights is the best, but that's a hard time. There's no there's no arguing. Whatever it is, there's no arguing. That's our our peace time. No matter what, I, I don't care if you you know throw things at me. I'm not with there's, there's only happiness and only simple only shalom. And that usually, doing something like that is, is, is a great, you know, or, or whatever it is. You make up a time or a place. When, when I'm in this place, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to argue, no matter, no matter what. And that starts to work into our psyche, and it sort of spills over to, to other times, to other places, to other people. We, we learn how to accept things and not jump to conclusions and not react when we don't react, it's so cool, by the way. It's some people like that, and I admire it so much. You know, like, there are people that react in a second, boom, turn on, whatever. And they're like, you know, machines, basically. You know, you press a button, and it does something, right? It's like some people are like that. But there are other people that are so calm and so collected. It's, it's such a pleasure to see them. Right? No, not like me. But there are some people that really are amazing, and 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 it's and it's really it's really I think it's an acquired an acquired skill. I mean, okay, more people, more. But I want to end with this story: is that not only can we be mivater, um, but we can go out there and, and, and make peace and make and, and do good and find things for other for other people. The story is an amazing story. I heard from Rabbi Landa from Ruach Country. He's is 
he said the story was, I heard the story before, he said that there was a, um, there was a, he once went there to the square Rebbe, and the square Rebbe, I've been there as well, there's very long lines. Anybody went to the square? There's long lines, right? And I've waited four hours. And then, and, and you wait in that outside room over there, what? Yeah, you know, exactly. You know, I wait, no, I have, I have good friends, squares, they couldn't do anything for me. Anyway, um, I, I, you know, you try to learn something, but you're always like looking up, okay, when, who's, is anyone going ahead of me? You know, like, uh, it's hard to learn even there, in, in that, in that room, you're full of star, <laughs> the outside room, people. So anyway, um, so once, the, so there was one night, it was 2 a.m., this, in the, su- in the end of the summer, and there was a fellow there. There was there's all types over there. There's there's people with long coats, short coats, curly pays behind there. But very rarely is there a guy with a big keeper, white keeper suga, you know, white shorts, um, you know, polo shirt, and uh, you know, it's it's usually there are. But at one night there was this fellow, young man, and he's waiting there. And they told him it's going to be a couple hours. And he so he says he waits there. He waits, he waits there. Finally, it's his turn to go in. He goes into the Rebbe, and he says to the Rebbe, I, um, <coughs> I know the Rebbe is very busy, but I have a favor to ask for the Rebbe. And he says, yes. He says, I, I want you to daven for a full shlema for Yechiel ben Bela. Yechiel ben Bela, he's not so well mentally, and, um, you know, I, he really, he really... I, he really needs needs a, needs a refuah. So the rabbi says, "Wow, it's so nice of you to come and wait and 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 that for daven for refuah." He says, "Yechiel ben Bela, Yechiel ben Bela, Yechiel ben Bela," and with his whole heart. That's how he does it because you, you feel it. He feels it. Yechiel ben Bela should have refuah shalema b'seich shacholim Yisrael. He says, "I'm going to daven for and I'm going to him. I'm going to daven for him." And I'm going to keep him in, in the tefillahs. Uh, um, and he said, thank you very much, Rebbe. Thank you. I appreciate it. And he, and he leaves. And on the way out, there was a fellow in the, in the waiting room. I guess this is 4 a.m. already. And, but he was a square guy. And he, just, he says, I'm, I'm sorry. He, he grabbed me and he says, I hope you don't mind. I'm just, um, I, I live here in the area. But what, what exactly brings a guy like you here? Just, just if you don't mind me asking. Like how, like you... How did you come to the Rebbe? What, what brings you here? Like, why, why are you here? So I'll tell you the truth. I worked, this summer I worked in Hask. And there was a boy there, that uh, teenager, 16, 17-year-old boy there. And he was, you know, severely disabled. And I, I got, and I bathed him, I cleaned him, and we worked together, and I worked with him. And I, and I really got connected to him, and I really th- think about him. And I left camp, camp was a month ago, and we finished camp, and I'm thinking about him. He's, he's on my mind, we really connected, I, I care about him. And his birthday is coming up. His birthday is actually tonight. So I was going to buy him something, but he's not going to really get it, you know. I, and I, was, I wanted to do something really special for him. And I figured, I had it, you know. He's a square chassid. So I'm going to come and I'm going to ask the Rebbe. And I, I came and I asked the Rebbe to please daven for Yechiel ben Bela. He should have a full shleimah, whatever, whatever matzav he's in, he should get into a better matzav. And, and, and I did that for him and I waited. Taka was time, but 
I felt this is the best gift that I could do for, for him, is go to his Rebbe, and, and, and the Rebbe graciously did it, and, 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 and it was a very special experience. And he looks up, this young man, he sees the fellow crying. True story. He sees him crying. He says, I'm sorry, did I say anything to offend you? He says, no, he says, Yechiel ben Bela is my son. This is somebody that goes out of his way to do something for somebody else that's good for him, not good for me. Not, not do something when I want to do something. Not good because I want to... And, and, and when you do something like that, it shows the whole Klai Yisrael. It shows that what people can do, how special they can be, and these are the greatest chosim to come in. If we could do something extra, something special, something different to help somebody else, whether they know about it or don't know about it. He didn't plan on telling, the kid will never know about it. There's a chesed shal emes with somebody else. These are the greatest tools to come into hell, to come to Rosh Hashanah, to really ace it, to really make it, you know, knock that we, we'll be around next year in, 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 a, in a much better place. We'll see you in Mitzvah Shem. Next week, thanks for coming, thanks for tuning in.